If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Are you sure with those shitty headphones on? You know what? Uh, <laughs> you know, your brand new shitty headphones? They They're skull awesome. candy, bro. They're good. See, why did you have to put the brand out? Now everybody's going to think I'm a dick. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's like, I have skull candy. The, the only people that are going to think you're a dick are the ones that are already think Yeah, that's you're a good a point. Dick. Very good point. And you know what, though? Here's the thing. We remember is, we did that. What did we do the this, stats on it, Justin? What was it? 72.7%? 72. People think he's a dick. Yeah, yeah, I think. Roughly. I like 25% of you. Uh, so. Uh, Sal, this is, just goes, this is so, uh, you know, we talked earlier, I mean, in previous episodes about, uh, you know, if we were stupid, stupid rich that we would not, you know, spend money. Sal would go and what were you going to do? He's going to start nonprofits and travel seas and have all these teachers come to his house, but he wouldn't dr- buy a fucking Lamborghini. No. Uh, <clears throat> so it just, it's obvious because the guy could definitely afford a nice pair of headphones. We do fucking record in a professional studio and everything like that. But he goes out and spends forty dollars on a pair of fucking skull candy uh, wait, wait, headphones. What? What? I can't. I can't. Hear you. <laughs> you know what though? They they work all right. I can hear everything. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't need five hundred dollars. Fine, man. I don't need five hundred dollar fucking headphones just because Dr. Dre, you know, put his name on them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Brother. It matters. He's a good guy, by the way. I heard he's a good guy. I heard he. Uh, Bro, he's the man. He's only hit like four women. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's a great, great person. He put out. I definitely want to spend out money an apology on his, to all the bitches. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to spend money on all his products. Hey, bro. <laughs> don't, even, don't even get me started with media like, twist and shit. I like, to, uh, crazy I, like to, I like to listen to Chris Brown on my Beats headphones. <laughs> and, he, and, then, and then on top of that, he names him Beats. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, hey, ir- oh, irony! That way, that way you could tell us. You're so that way you could tell his girlfriend. You know hey, hey, honey, you want some beats? All right, you have Ooh, no, you have no far. you have no business going <laughs> going off a tabloid bullshit, especially on a subject like that. You know how that is. It's just yeah, like yeah, 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 you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying. And it's we, just we, fun. We both know you're, you are not well read in hip hop for sure. No, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. You totally just said. You know what, Chris Brown? Chris Brown's probably a fucking listener now. He's not listening to Mind Pump anymore. He's oh, just man. totally offended. You know what? I really don't care. Actually, if he doesn't listen anymore, I really don't care. <laughs> you don't. No, no. You're I don't sick. like his music either. You don't. Nah. Dude, did you guys see the? Uh, I love the way he dances. Yeah, he does dance. Did you see that uh, that press conference with uh, the boxers? Fuck, what's that? What's the guy's name? Um, Mayweather. Sugar. No. Oh, Mosley. Oh, oh Sugar Shane, Shane Mosley. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was it Mayorga? His comeback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you see? Did you guys see the press conference? What happened? No. no but I, I without you even telling me, I can give you a guess just to show you that this is just trying to promote. Dude, he's coming out of retirement. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see if you can guess. I, I guarantee <laughs> they started a bunch of fucking drama and stuff like that to make it sound all crazy, like it's going to be a fight and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. he's he's old. Mm-hmm. He's old, bro. He's no, done. No, oh, that's not what happened. What happened? Tell me. So show they're doing the press conference, right? Yeah. They're they're like standing there looking at each other, whatever. Uh, Sugar Shane Mosley's girlfriend is there. She, this is, you can see this shit online. She bends over to like grab something because they're moving and fucking Mayorga spanks her in the ass, dude. No way. Right in front. Come on, bro. Totally staged. Right in front of. That's what I'm saying, dude. Come on. You think that was staged? That's a new level right there. Dude, you and I are going to fight, bro. You and I are going to (laughs) fight and your wife bends over in front of me. I just fucking smack smack her ass, dude. Come on. There's no way we don't. think the three of them planned that? Hell yes, they did. Dude, I saw that and I was like, wow. But I mean, it just goes to show how well that stuff works. I mean, that to me. Wow, yeah, that is. 
that is like great, you know, marketing. It's, You're going to get all kinds of fire and attention. It's the one thing, like, to me, I love a fight, which I think everybody does, uh, whether it be boxing, MMA, where there is some real animosity. But to me, there, I can always tell the difference between, like, a real real animosity between two fighters versus the, the two guys that decided, let's promote this fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's what a lot of these guys It do. is pretty brilliant. If it's planned, it's pretty brilliant. Because yeah. it did get me heated. <laughs> No, because I saw that and I was like, "Oh, that motherfucker!" You know, it's the it's the new thing to do now because people are real, especially with social media and the things get shared. It's like, you know, that I wouldn't even watch that fight, but now I'm interested in watching that fight because you're right. I feel like such a fucking idiot. I fell for it. You're not an idiot. I think. I mean, no, it's yeah. This is why everybody needs a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs a wizard because then, otherwise, you'd fall for shit. Yeah, dude, it hits that primal thing. You're like, no. Yeah, he smacked my wife. I would kill. kill him. I would yeah. kill that motherfucker. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. dude. I would. I would have murdered him right there. Oh, for yeah, everybody. For sure. right. I would have lost. The f- I wouldn't care. And that's how you know it's because you. Let's. I mean. If you that really did go down like that, dude. Yeah, because he kind of reached for because what's his name? Mosley kind of reached for his neck and then they pulled him off. But he didn't like lose his shit. He didn't yeah. like lose his mind. Yeah, dude. So and then did, afterwards, his girlfriend's like, "You better beat him. You better kick his ass." And he's like, "I will, honey. I will. I, will, I got this, hon. I got this." Oh, you wow. so almost. Here's I think one of the one of the most brilliant. You guys ever watched the twenty four seven leading up to fights? Um, and you know who started that? Oscar De La Hoya started that. With, yeah, I remember that. that Oscar De La that La it was days. one of the most that that saved boxing in yeah. my opinion. It was I've, super interesting to watch I, that. I have I have watched. I have purchased at least. Uh, ten fights that I would never have watched because of that. Yeah. Because I watched it's basically the, a commercial. They hype it up. It's yeah. a long commercial. Yeah, it's a it's a long commercial, and you get so into their training and the shit talking, going back and forth up in the in training yep. camp. You're like, I gotta see this. Maybe, well, dude, I, maybe guys, he's got a chance. Yeah, you guys remember uh, John Jones in like DC, like when yeah. when when John Jones was in the other room. I think it was in the ESPN studio or whatever, and like and the the mics were uh, quote unquote turned off. Yeah, and, and the and the camera's still running, you know, and all yes. this stuff. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll fucking kill you," and all this stuff. Like back and forth, they're just like, you know, and the that's best what, shit talking you've like, ever the, heard. You check know? out this leaked, yeah. this leaked video. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's just it. That's where where it's going, you know. And I don't know. It's to me, it, to me, it kind of ruins it a little bit. But I mean, I guess if you if it if it fools you and gets you to watch the fight and you have a great time watching the fight, then who cares, right? It's well, inter- look, it's entertaining. It's like WWF, yeah, right? Like, it is. It people, totally is. You it's, know, everybody. It's kind of fun to watch. You have to be emotionally connected. Yeah, then, right. Yeah. Yeah, even though, even though WWE and W whatever, it's no longer WWF. I'm calling it what I watched it when it was WWF. <laughs> World Wildlife <Yeah>. Federation. No, <laughs> no, World Wrestling. <laughs> I Federation, know. Obviously, right? of course. Come That's on. the real name, dude. Yeah, it's the it's yeah. original name, right? Fuck so yeah. th- those guys. Um, uh, you know, if you if you're a huge fan, which pe- there's fucking more wrestling fans than there are football fans, uh, you know you you know it's fake, but you respect the athlete and the entertainment value of it. You know, so I guess maybe it's kind of the same thing. But then in your Ric Flair's who could talk awesome shit, oh, yeah, oh, it's so good. You know, though, it, I don't know. There, I think there's a, there's a there's a good debate in this actually. It's maybe we're transitioning into a mind pump talk, not even realizing it is. Uh, that never happens. No, no, no. no. I mean, do, don't you think that it kind of uh, degrades the sport a little bit? Because I think most fighters would even tell you too that you know there's the, there's a respect level. You, I mean, you you competed at doing judo and stuff like that, and you know you you even though it's a physical thing that you're doing with another another man that you're competing against 
you, you don't want disrespect or you don't want to to make him feel. I mean, you both are giving it your A game. Well, and the when very, you're done, it's like you shake hands and you move on. Like here, there's the sportsmanship of it. Well, here's why I like fighting uh, sports so much. And I always have. I, I don't like violence. And people think that's funny when I say that because I like fight sports uh, so much. But if you think about it, you're, there's an automatic level of respect when you agree to any set number of rules to fight someone. You're automatically showing respect. I'm automatically agreeing. It's honor, right? It's the old yeah. world honor. I'm already. I'm automatically agreeing that I'm not going to kick you in the nuts. You're going by a code instead of yeah. Just I'm not going to bite you. I'm not going to yeah. poke you in the eyeball. Um, you, you're. We've already agreed that we're going to try beating the shit out of each other. But there's a set number of rules, and there's a guy in there that we have to listen to, the referee, and that kind of honor in something that's so primal to me. Um, I find absolutely fascinating. It's the it's the incredible dichotomy of human behavior mm. where we take our primal instincts that are just, you know, because we are animals. People, yeah, we revisit our animal nature, 100%, basically. Yeah. But then we apply these, these rules to it to make it more of an intelligent, honorable type of thing. When in reality, we're trying to fight each other. We're just trying to, you know, I'm trying to hurt you. You're trying to hurt me. Right. Uh, but we've agreed to these rules. So I, that's, that's one of the things I find fascinating about. And personally, for me, um, I enjoy watching fights when two fighters don't hate each other, but when they respect each other and then when when they're, uh, when they're incredibly competitive against each other. You know, when you see the fights where, like, uh, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Iceman, Chuck Liddell against uh, Randy Couture. Oh, yeah, great fights. You know, they, they respected each other, but hell no was neither one of them going to let the other guy try and win. Yeah, and each yeah. guy's trying to impose his will on his style. So right? it's just these it's just two great. incredible people with lots of honor and respect for each other going at it to me that's more exciting than watching two guys who hate each other want to fight. if i want to watch two guys who hate each other you know go to want to fight go down to a local bar i'll go to a, yeah i'll go yeah. watch some fucking i'll watch some shitheads go throw down and you know just watch jerry springer yeah stupid yeah. yeah stupid uh we should probably talk about fitness at some point <laughs> oh, oh this is, is a fitness show isn't it yeah it is oh uh, you know what you know if what? you're tuning in for the first time this is a fitness show this is a fitness show welcome to mind pump where we talk about nothing for the first 10 minutes do you, um, I think we should revisit a, a subject we've touched upon a few times, but we get a lot of questions on um, in both the forum. I get questions on Instagram. I've seen some on yours, Adam, um, in regards to uh, metabolic damage. Oh, you know, uh, good, to good topic. Yeah, I think it's a great topic because I think it's um, it's one we'll probably have to revisit several times. I imagine we will because <laughs> it's it's common. It's super common, and if you don't, if you can't identify some of the signs of being in metabolic damage. And by the way, uh, metabolic damage is also known as, or you'll hear people, hear people call it uh, adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. Might be another term for it. Um, you know, what are some of the signs and symptoms and what can you do to remedy the situation? And why is it so difficult to get out of for people? So um, let's talk about some of those signs and symptoms. I and mean, what, what, what do you see in people? What do you guys see in people where you say, okay, they might have some metabolic damage going on? Well, one of the first signs I know right away is when <clears throat> I have a client that I take on that, uh, regardless of their weight and size, uh, if they, they are significantly under eating and they're still struggling to lose weight. I mean, it's really obvious when someone who's 200 pounds and they're you know, 30, 40 pounds overweight and they're only eating 1800 calories or less and their body is not moving. It's not, they're not losing any weight. I mean, just based off their weight alone, how much uh, muscle and fat they have on their body and the, how much nutrients is need to sustain that alone. If they are significantly underfeeding that and still not losing weight, then more than likely they've completely slowed their metabolism down. So that's a 
big indicator. Yeah, just energy in general too. I mean, that's something I noticed. Um, and and this this passionate drive to like keep hammering away, uh, like especially cardio is like always a big issue that that uh, people come in and the answer is like it goes back to that answer of cardio is going to get me in better shape and I have to I have to really be strict and just hammer on that like completely and they just never really allow for that uh, pure recovery to happen. They're always filling in all the gaps. It, and unfortunately, it's it's a great it's great to kind of revert if you have like an addictive personality. It's great to kind of uh, divert that into something healthy, right? That's always like the case. However, you know, uh, addictive things like getting into cardiovascular like weight training and, and never allowing for proper proper recovery. I mean, that can be a real issue. And this is something that we have to address. Uh, well, I know. I mean, I, I see it. I see it quite a bit. Here's some of the symptoms, by the way, that you might want to identify in yourself. Okay. Excessive daily fatigue. Okay. So you exercise a lot. You eat really good. But you're freaking just exhausted mm-hmm. uh, every day. Um, and you want to take a nap. And you, you can't figure out why. You're getting eight hours of sleep. But you still you feel tired. Um, low libido is another one. Uh, if your body is um, not healthy, one of the first things to go to, to disappear is your libido because your body does not want to reproduce if it thinks you're in a state that's not healthy or you're in an environment where you can't support uh, a, a human being, you know, producing another human being. Um, mood swings or depressed mood um, is another one. Uh, anxiety is another one. Um, cold, hot temperatures. So if you find yourself being cold when you shouldn't be, even hot flashes uh, are another example, but I find uh, cold is another one. It's a big one where people's hands will be cold, their feet will be cold, even though it's you know eighty something degrees outside. Anal leakage. Uh, that's um, no, that's, that's the other favorite. thing. That's the other thing that you that you had. Oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> you still using that cream? Yeah. Is it working? Um, so, we got to clean his seat. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was sounding too much like a commercial. I had to throw him off there. <laughs> like right, so like one of those commercials yeah. with all the side effects. If you're uh, feeling yeah. this nausea, uh, yeah, this, this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you know if you're exercising a lot, eating a little bit, and your body simply is not progressing. And and by the way, we've all heard the term starvation mode when they're when when the fitness industry tries to sell you on you know, eating their protein bars and powders and don't go into starvation mode. Here's the thing. Here's what real starvation mode looks like. It's actually looks more like metabolic damage. The body can adapt um, in pretty dramatic ways and it will hold on. It will hold on to body fat um, if it feels like you're in a in an uncompromised state, in, a, in a, excuse me, in a, in a compromised state, in a state where you're not in optimal health. Um, and so the way that people try to fix this is they try to work out more. They try to work out harder. They try to reduce even more. And I'll get clients that'll come to me that'll say things like, you know, I only eat 1,400 calories a day. And when I go over by a couple hundred calories, I gain three, four pounds right away. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I work out every single day. I do Pilates. I do yoga. I lift weights. I run, you know, four miles a week. And I just feel horrible. And I can't figure out why my body's not responding. Um, your body is trying to hold on. And you're trying to fight your body. We've said this before. Yeah. If you fight your body, if you're trying to fight your body to you get lose, you were going to fucking lose. Your body's yeah. going to win. I promise you. And eventually you'll get sick. Um, I, I've even I've even seen clients get stress fractures mm. from constantly running, constantly pushing themselves and running more and more and more trying to get leaner. And the body just breaks down and they'll get a stress fracture. Well, these I mean, 
being that exercise is a stress and everything else, like, um, do you see also like just the mental stress and workload and everything else from, um, cause, cause a lot of the similar symptoms and effects, like I notice with people that are like way overworked in their job. Oh yeah. That's a definite yeah. most common for sure. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and then that, and then they try and, and feel like I have to get healthy by, by hammering my body in the gym and then also restricting my calories. And it's just like, holy shit, that's amount of stress that you're putting on your body. You know, it's you're- funny on the, in terms of like the competitive, uh, you know, people who compete and present their physiques on stage and they'll diet for 12 weeks and get really shredded. They put themselves in metabolic damage uh, while they're in their pre-contest to get on stage. But, they're, but a lot of them are smart enough to know that they do that, they only do that two times a year. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Adam, how many competitors have you seen compete one after another after another and then find that they can't come in condition anymore? Oh, it's very common. It's very common when they hit their, by their fourth show or so in the year, they're like, they're, they're getting worse. They're regressing because their body's not as responsive as it was. And they're, that's what I, I, it's crazy to me when I see it happen because it's so obvious to me, but even these, these pros going after it, they just don't get it. It's like, dude, you're, you're writing the same formula for this body every single time. It's adapted. It's figuring it out. It's becoming efficient. So just because you think two hours of cardio and 900 calories did it for your first show it and kind of did it for your second and kind of did it for third, it's definitely not doing it for the fourth. You know, it's getting adapted. So, uh, yeah, it's. I would say in uh, athletes and in what Justin just said are probably, at least in my experience, 90% of the people that have metabolic damage. Mm-hmm. If you're fat and you're lazy – you're probably just fat and lazy. You're probably not metabolic damage. It's probably not you. No. If you sit on the couch all day and you eat McDonald's. If and you're like, I walk 30 right. minutes on Mondays <laughs> yeah, right. and I can't lose 30 pounds. Yeah. And I stopped eating a large French fry. Now I have a medium. Yeah. So if you're, yeah, yeah exactly. That's not metabolic damage. <laughs> if you're in the drive through right now and you're listening Obesity. to us, okay, this is probably not you that we're talking about right now. So <laughs> the, but it is very common with uh, competitors, like what Sal was just mentioning and what Sal or and what Justin said about which is probably the average person that I get the most is, you know, your your male, female, CEO, manager, you know, entrepreneur, fucking seven day a weeker work guy or girl. And they they pretty much they live their life full throttle. They work crazy hours. They they're they're killers, they're grinders, and then they come in the gym and when they hit the gym, they don't mess around. They kill it in the gym yeah. too, you know? And they understand the whole they get the science of law, law thermodynamics and calories in versus calories. And that's out. all they focus on. Exactly. Right. And they and they know what's bad food and good food. And that's exactly all they focus on is sticking with good food, staying lower calories, push as hard as I can. And that's kind of the extent of their their uh, expertise or knowledge in the field but they unfortunately it's not that easy and it's especially not that easy as we get progress and get older because as we get older we we deal with even other issues with you know, hormonal levels and yeah. getting getting in there like you said with stress factors and releasing cortisol in the body things like that are going to you know affect somebody's metabolism already naturally and then on top of that if you've been yo-yo dieting if you're somebody who goes up and down and up and down so many times these, these things can all lead to metabolic damage and the hardest thing to do with someone like that, the biggest thing I struggle with is they hire you. And at that point, they finally have thrown their hands up and they're like, fuck it. I can't figure yeah. it out. I'm going to I'm going to go bite the bullet and pay this expensive guy. Right. Well, I see I see a lot of this, too, is because like they look at it from a numbers perspective and they look at it like you're mentioning, like calories in calories out and all this. Stuff. It all makes sense to them. Like everything's like very easy because it becomes a metric. It becomes a number. 
Uh, and I, I see that too with a lot of the metabolic damage, like people that I experience, like they're, they're very like analytical and, and, and they're breaking down like, you know, what exercises we're doing, how many reps we did, like, like everything to the T, you know, it's very like type A. And, um, unfortunately, like the, there really aren't a lot of metrics for all these other exterior factors. Like, you know, how you're feeling that your energy is going to fluctuate on a daily basis to begin with. Uh, I mean, yeah, you'd like to think you have control over that just with like what you're consuming, but you know, something will affect you that like a mood or, or somebody like, uh, projects something, you know, to you that you, you, you take on that feeling, uh, like say, you know, somebody dies or something and you have, you have a whole totally different day. Like your, your body shuts down. Uh, there's just all these different factors in life that, that make it so it, you can't just count on those numbers. Well, the thing is, the the problem with this, with what we're talking about, is there is, you can't quantify it, like what Justin's right. saying. A lot of this is based off of feel. And unfortunately, I hate saying this because a lot of people with metabolic damage have horrible perception on their own bodies. It's so skewed that they have no idea that they feel like shit and that they're doing too much and eating too little. But you have to listen to your body. You have to feel your body. Mm-hmm. You have to be objective about it. How do I really feel? Because I've asked these people, like, how do you feel? Oh, I feel fine. I'm like, oh, really? You know, because I'm, and I'm, while I'm looking at you, you got dark circles under your eyes, and I could tell your energy levels are low. You have to be very objective about how you feel and say, okay, you know, yeah, it is true. Right around one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm fucking dragging ass so hard I have to drink an extra large, you know, coffee oh, just yeah. to pick my my ass up and feel normal again. And, and energy drinks totally like, you know, hammer yeah. this. Like like that's the right, issue. Right. And I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything right. I'm counting all my proteins, my fats, my carbs, my calories. I'm exercising every day. I'm doing weights. I'm doing cardio. And I don't know why it's so hard for me my body to change like it just doesn't make sense if you if you can say that to yourself and you're honestly looking at everything and you can say to yourself this doesn't make sense then you are spinning your tires uh in place and we need to rebuild your metabolism we got to get your body working with you again and not against you mm-hmm. um and so here's some of the steps here's some of the first steps that i tell people step number one is cut your activity level dramatically Reduce your activities. As a matter of fact, one of the first things I tell these people is, I don't want you to do any cardio, and I just want you to lift weights twice a week. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to lift weights twice a week and cut your cardio out. And the only kind of cardio I want you to do are you know, maybe daily walks outside for 20 or 30 yes. minutes. Or some kind of meditative practice, right? That's it. And when I say walk, I don't mean like I'm out hiking trying to burn calories. I mean you're going for a stroll outside, enjoying the outside weather or whatever, and just relaxing. Um, and we'll start with that. Um, step two, I tell them to let's let's keep your calories where they are because if we if we bump your calories right off the bat, you'll gain a bunch of weight because again we're dealing with you know a slower metabolism. So what I'll do is I'll change their macros, I'll reduce their carbohydrates, and I'll increase their their fats, um, and I'll keep their proteins pretty moderate. Moderate. Now, now why do we do that? Uh, we do that because fats are um, fats are protective. Fats are good for nerve health, neuro you know neuromuscular health. So the central nervous system, um, they're good for the brain, uh, they're good for the joints, and the right kind of fats are also uh, anti-inflammatory. Carbohydrates, in this particular case, we're reducing, number one, because we've reduced your activity level, mm-hmm. but also because I'm trying to reduce inflammation in your body. And um, that's the, that's kind of the, one of the first steps that I do. Um, then the next step I do is I'll take out common 
food intolerances. I'll remove sugar. Sometimes we'll remove gluten and dairy um, just to get the body to have some eat things that are really easy for the body to uh, assimilate mm-hmm. and work with. And then the, the and then I start to remove their caffeine. And people hate that fucking part. I'll tell you that much right now. When I tell mm-hmm. them like, okay, we're going to have you like, instead of drinking three coffees a day, we're going to move it to one. And then I move you to green tea. And then I move you to nothing. People really fucking hate that. But the reason why we do that is the caffeine, their body has become now dependent on that caffeine to maintain a certain level of uh, catecholamine production and um, to to get stimulated. And if we we have to slowly remove that to let the body rebuild the back to where it was. And believe it or not, when we reintroduce caffeine at a later date, um, it's much more potent at that point. You know, they'll have one coffee and it's strong as shit because they've let their bodies kind of rebuild. And then we monitor, we look on a weekly basis how you're feeling. What's going on? At that point, I'm not looking for weight loss. I'm not looking for anything. All I'm looking for is how do you feel? Um, and, and, and as long as your weight is staying the same and you're feeling better, we're succeeding. Yeah. And then little by little, we might gradually increase your activity and put you on a more sustainable type of routine. But those are the things you need to do. And I'll tell you, and you guys in this room know exactly what I'm talking about. That is the hardest fucking thing to tell someone oh. who is obsessed oh, yeah. with exercise to do is to tell them because they, they think that, oh, shit, I'm going to I'm going to gain 30 pounds in two weeks. Well, this type of person, too, um, I I've been uh, dealing with this with some of my clients that are are super, super high in demand. No sleep. You know, they're, they're traveling different countries, you know, CEO type. Um, they actually have clinics uh, that um, some some doctor. um, um Created and basically it's this weight loss clinic, but all they do is is they're basically treating metabolic damage, you know, on that level. So where, but but they do it in an extreme way. So it's more like they they completely make them eliminate all that stuff that you mentioned, like from the very beginning, which I feel is a flaw because um, it you're taking an extreme person and you're throwing them into an, an entirely uh, you know other extreme that um, you know they're gonna look at it as just hammering. I'm gonna hammer this out. I'm gonna do this. Yeah, like it. Yeah, you it go from sucks. one addiction to another. It sucks to cut out caffeine because I got all these like you know conference calls and all this kind of stuff and like you know I'm cranky and and then it just doesn't last. It's like a couple weeks in and and they just they're hammering to try and correct themselves like so hard. That like, you know, it's no, you have to take the, you have to take the client and take yourself. If you're, if you're thinking, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking that you have metabolic damage, you have to take into consideration. It's a dramatic change and you are less likely to adhere to any program if it's a dramatic, dramatic change right off the bat. So uh, that's why you want to go into stages. And the first stage is a reduction in the activity that you're doing. And by the way, I I forgot to say this, and I want to make this very clear because I've had people do this where I tell them, don't do cardio and lift twice a week. And so what do they do? They go to the gym twice a week and beat the shit out of themselves. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's the mentality. So I guess even step A is to address that mentality. Right. You know, you have to come in with clarity that that you're healing yourself it's yeah. not that you're fixing something in, in like you're, you're able to to correct because that's what i'm saying this this mentality of that type of person is is very like controlling yeah no right? no you, you go you got to go you got to yeah. work out lift weights don't go to failure do straight sets no circuits no supersets straight sets go in you lift you rest mm-hmm. you lift you rest don't go to failure compound movements full body workouts 45 minutes long, you know, twice a week. And that's it. You know, it's funny. I had a client like this a while ago and she was, uh, I mean, she was like the picture, the the poster child for 
metabolic uh, damage. She worked her ass off um, in the gym, ran, I think, like 10 miles or more a week on top of it, was watching everything she ate. I convinced her to scale everything back and just focus on weights for a little bit and do it right. And she was shocked. She was so shocked. She thought something something was wrong and she couldn't figure out what was going on because all of a sudden she was getting leaner. Mm-hmm. You know, she's looking in the mirror. She's like, holy shit, all those areas that I had issues with getting leaner are now getting leaner. And I'm working out with one ten- with one-tenth of the, the amount of time that I was before. Like, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. You know, that was the attitude that she, she kind of gave me. The funny thing is she kind of slipped back into her old habits. And now I'm working with her again to bring her out of it. So um, it, it's 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 interesting, but it's easy. It's easy to get caught in that cycle, that co- that cycle of, you know, constantly pounding yourself uh, over over and over again in the gym and, and really restricting your food intake. Um, but you got to work with your body. You yeah. absolutely have to work with your body. Um, you know, like I said, the, the, the carbohydrate and fat intake, you know, eat those, eat those recuperative fats, those fats from your grass-fed beefs, from, you know, eggs are a good source. Um, of course, fish, avocado, yeah. nuts, fish, um, those types of foods. Lots of vegetables, things that are, yeah. that are recuperative, that are anti-inflammatory in the body. Um, very low grains. You don't need a lot of grains, especially if you've cut your, 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 in, your activity levels, uh, drastically because we're trying to get your body built back up. Mm-hmm. Don't eat so many grains. First of all, you don't need them. You're not going to be doing all that cardio and shit you were doing before, but they, they can be inflammatory in people with these kind of issues. And if you're in this situation, they're probably inflammatory on you. I have another client who, um, changed her diet and slowly and slowly, uh, you know, slowly but surely we took her out of metabolic damage. She's so she's now so much drastically better that when she has a weekend out where she eats those inflammatory foods with sugar and stuff, she'll notice right away. She'll tell me she'll be like, "Man, my my neck hurts now. I'm stiff again in the areas I, I used to have pain, and I know exactly why. It's because yeah. over the weekend I went wine tasting, had some bread, and then had some desserts, and now I can feel the inflammation." And she's like, "And it's funny because I used to feel like this or worse all the time. I got so used to it, I thought that's the way I always felt." Yeah. And it wasn't a big deal. Well, then too, like, I mean, you, you said lower the the movement activity and all that, and I totally agree with that. However, I I would also suggest that that you, you know, could spend that time in a more meditative state by by flexibility, by you know, yoga. Like like you're still moving, but you're doing it in such a, a fluid way that um, it's not really yeah, it's restorative. It's it's a different mindset. So. Uh, yes, yes, you definitely need to still, you know. So not power yoga. Great point. That, Justin, yeah, I was waiting yeah. to t- touch on the neat, the neat factor. Yeah, yeah. Like, so like rest t- is not, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, rest is not just sitting on your ass. Yeah, you know, so perfect. Like Sal said, I'd dro- I would drop you down to two to three times a week tops. But then, you know, the other way I'm going to try and counter you know, the reduce of your high intensity working out because you, you have, you've, you've kind of shot ourselves in the foot. You've taught your body to be used to that pounding in order to stay the same with those calories. And so I am concerned you'll shoot right up when I cut all that out. So the next thing I do, and that I know this is where I normally focus on step goals with my clients. So mm-hmm. I'll assess how many steps they're taking a day and, and I'll give them, you know, Hey, now we're going to step three to 4,000 more steps a day which sounds like a lot, three to 4,000, but that's literally like 25 to 30 minutes of walking, consistently walking. So, you know, focusing on the neat factor um, to, to help, you know, keep that metabolism going and them not uh, completely slow down their, their calorie expenditure. The other thing that I want to revisit that Sal said that I think is such an important point 
Um, if you're listening to this and you're somebody who has uh, metabolic damage or going through it, probably, you know, this would be a good video for you. I, I did um, a YouTube channel way back when, when I thought uh, it was a good idea. And then uh, I thought it was kind of silly afterwards. And then I regretted stopping it because it would have been neat to have kept it going all the way through this process. But what I did do is I did record the first, uh, I think it was 30 or 60 days of my, you know, transformation from fat to fit. And probably the number one thing that I, you know, talked about in those videos was, you know, the the want to being a trainer, being the athlete, being somebody who's going from eating bad food, being sedentary, wanting to go balls the wall, but then making sure I don't do that. And in fact, I wanted to lose body fat, but yet my goal was actually to increase the amount of food that I was eating, which sounds crazy, but I wanted to replace all the shit calories that I was getting and I wanted to get more nutrient rich food. So I wanted to keep my calories about the same or even a little bit more, but just more nutrient rich foods and then just cancel out what I'm the extra uh, intake by, you know, activity. And, you know, and it's hard because you get going and, you know, you've been pounding away at the weights or you've been consistent with your eating and two weeks goes by, you know, and I didn't want to see any fluctuation on the scale up or down, you know, and in fact, if I saw any fluctuation, I wasn't, I wanted to see go up, even though the ultimate goal is to reduce body fat and ultimately come down. But I knew at the very beginning that it was so important for me to, you know, fix my metabolism. Cause even though I may not have had a metabolic damage, I definitely, you know, had changed my metabolism over the last year and a half of being sedentary because I had stopped working as a trainer where I'm moving around all day. And I went to a job where I'm sitting behind a desk for 10 to 12 hours for six days a week. So it completely changed. And then I'm eating all this garbage food every single day, even though I was still kind of working out here and there. But I talk to the camera a lot about this, th these feelings that I have of wanting to push and wanting to do this, you know, and then, but being okay with, you know, hey, my first workout was 30 minutes, you know, 45 minutes, that's it. And, you know, I got on the treadmill and I walked for 10 minutes and I talk about these things that seem like, you know, talked about being over in the, the, uh, with the silver weights, you know, bicep curling and shoulder pressing and doing things with like five pound, eight pound dumbbells that are so light, but it's like, I don't need any more than that right now. My body's not used to any of this stimulation. And ultimately right now it's about fixing the metabolism and my body working with me versus against me. And I've been working against my body for so long for poisoning it and not being active. I don't need to go to the other extreme of so perfectly eating and so perfectly working out at super high intensity. I want to progress myself to that. And you have to, you got to remember, you have to remind people like, you know, exercise, it's, if you do it right, it simply serves as a stimulus for your body to change. And if it's like anything else, it's like any other stimulus. It's like the sun, you know, uh, stimulates my skin to get darker. Well, if I've been living in a basement for 10 years and I go outside, it's not going to take much sun exposure to get my skin yeah. to adapt. And if I overexpose it, which at that point might be 15 minutes, degree burn. I'm going to get a sunburn. So, you know, you have people with metabolic damage and what's happening with those individuals is they're, they've pushed their bodies so hard for so long with the reduced calories on top of it for so, for so long that their body's in a constant state of survival. It's in a constant state of uh, efficiency. I need to be really efficient with these little bit of calories and I need to just worry about just keeping the body from completely breaking down. 
I can't even think about adapting. I can't even think about building muscle or burning body fat. I'm just trying to survive. And that's what I mean by fighting your body. You're fighting your body. Your body just wants to survive and you're pushing it harder to try and get it adapt, which is the opposite. You're, you, the harder you push, the more it's going to try and survive. Yeah. So, so hopefully that makes sense to people I, I who are to, listening right now. I used to always give this analogy that if I was taking a car and I'm driving it from here down to LA. So for those of you people that have no idea what that <laughs> distance is, you know, that's probably what a five, six hour drive, right? For us. So you, if you're driving this car from here down to LA and you've got, you have not put any gas in it, it's got, uh, the oil has been uh, well overdue. Uh, the timing is off on the timing belt and it has three flat tires. Um, driving that shit down to LA is going to be a pain in the ass. More than likely, you're going to spend a majority of your time pushing it. It's not going to actually run. If you spent more time making sure that the car is primed and it's running well and efficient, the the amount of time it's going to take you to get to that ultimate goal or down to LA is going to be a lot faster. Even if you're somebody who left first in those three flat tires and all that stuff that's uh, not fixed on the car. So the body's the same way. You know, if you don't take care of all the systems and all the things that it needs, or you'll get there and it'll be broken. Yeah, exactly. Right. You could put, you could literally push. It's possible. You could push a car down to LA. It might take you months or, whatever to finally get there yeah and when you do you're probably like fuck this i ain't going anywhere no, else that's such a, <laughs> you know? it's such a good point because you know if you're in metabolic damage you you feel like shit right now you feel frustrated plus you feel like shit you literally feel like shit this is your body talking to you if you don't listen to your body here's what it does your body speaks to you it tells you you need to chill out you need to eat a little more you need to you need to reduce the intensity if you ignore your body it stops talking and then it starts yelling at you and the and what ends up happening is you either you get injured or you get ill, and mm-hmm. I've seen it a million times. The person they just won't slow down. They're forced to slow down. Boom! Yeah. Next thing you know, they're injured. Now I can't do shit. Now I just got to sit around trying to heal yeah, whatever. I got I'm pneumonia injured. or something crazy. Yeah, like yeah. I got a cold and it turned into fucking pneumonia. Yeah. You know, my immune system was shot. Um, and, and so that's what happens. You got to listen to your body. Your your body will win if you try to fight it. Um, we've had people now, you know, uh, who have enrolled in our, our program, you know, the MAPS Anabolic Workout Program, for example. And the program, when you look at it from face value, if you're the kind of person that works out all the time, like a maniac and overdoes it all the time, you're going to look at the program and initially it's going to say two to three, maybe three, but usually two, maybe three real gym workouts in the gym. And we call those foundational workouts. So those are the, those are the harder you know, workouts you're actually doing where you're lifting heavy and you're, you're doing more of the traditional workouts. And I'll have people write me. They'll, they'll, they'll get the program. They'll write me. They'll be like, Sal, I've been doing a six-day body part split yeah. for five years and you want me to work out twice a week? I'm going to modify. I'm going to do this five days a week. And I'll say, no, <laughs> do exactly what it says and watch what happens. Because it sounds crazy to them, right? Well, I've been doing it. And, I, and then I'll ask them, well, how much progress have you made in the last six years since you've been doing the split? Yeah. Well, I made a little bit of progress. Like, okay. Why don't we try this out? What's the worst that could happen? You go back on your split and, you, and, you, and you're fine. So let's just try it out for a second. And every single time they do this, uh, you know, literally three, four weeks. That's not that long. Three, four weeks, I'll get an email. Holy shit, I'm lifting more weight than I've ever lifted before. Oh my God, I feel great. I'm sleeping good. My body's changing. This is weird. Or you're like me and, and, and you get into that and like... Um you, the athlete comes in like those trigger session days. Like I started to to use the rubber bands like I would uh, super heavy <laughs> weights. And I'm the like, ah! <laughs> wrecking my way through it three times a day. Yeah. And you know, and it's just like it's counterproductive, you know. Like once I and I voiced that to you guys, and you're like, "Dude, calm down. <laughs> okay, you got to use that like 
it's intended. And uh, then I started to do that. And it 100% made a difference going into my compound lifting days. And you just are never going to experience that unless you can shut that mechanism off in your brain and you listen to your body and you you do exactly what your body needs. And a lot of times that's just to, to recover. There's no doubt in my mind that a good hack, because we've had we've had people who've done that program and have given us, you know, have told us about just amazing results. Pictures, especially on the forum, people are po- posting pictures. There's no doubt in my mind that a large percentage of that, a, a decent percentage of that success is due to the fact that these people were uh, overdoing it before. Um, I, I, of course, a much larger percentage has to do with the fact with the program just being the way it's designed and how effective it is. But there's a good chunk of that is because they were just overdoing everything before. They go to this, this program, and now their body has switched from surviving to adapting, and boom. We got a guy on there right now yeah. who's been, uh, what did he say on there? 15 <laughs> years, Doug? Did he, is that what he said? 15 years he's been doing body part splits? And um, this is like week number three, and he's like, I'm, you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to go back. Yeah. You know, and this is, awesome. a, this is a guy who's a, 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 is a personal trainer, respected, knows his shit. I've gone on his, his, uh, his Instagram page, knows his shit. He's a, he's a smart guy. He looks good. Um, but his body now is starting to, to, to respond to this because he probably was even, we all fall into this trap yeah. of yeah. kind of overdoing it. But I, I'm telling you, and you know, I don't know. It, do you guys notice more women than men tend to get trapped in this metabolic uh, 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 damage? Uh, um, yeah, I would, I would say it's more, that's hard to say though, because, I think sixty to eighty percent of our clientele is female already, so we're already the men are already. We definitely have to address it with the women, uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Because I, I mean, I just notice it from uh, a body image maybe perspective, or like, a, like trying to correct things with cardio and all. That's why I brought that up because a lot of times, uh, for some reason, that's fed into the to the mindset that. Um, you know, if I eat this, then I have to, you know, run, 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 run this off. Yeah. And then it just becomes this, this constant sort of hamster wheel that, uh, it has to keep on this like super intense well, scale. I see, I, I've seen it in both, but I, I do see it more in women and it becomes more pronounced in women and I, there's no science behind it yet. And, and, and look, let's, let's just uh disclaimer. Okay. Metabolic damage, adrenal fatigue, whatever you want to call it. There is no science supporting it yet, and I say yet because it's like um, it's like it's like uh, you know gut health or other types of emerging types of science that are coming out now. You will start to see more and more supporting it, but right now in the industry, for us trainers who've been doing this for a long time, we've seen it, we know it, we can identify it. It's a real thing. So, but it's just not a medically uh, accepted terminology yet. Like if you go to your doctor and you say, "Hey, I have you know metabolic damage," he's gonna look at you like crazy. Yeah, adrenal fatigue. No, that, they won't. Still in the grave. No, yeah. you'll get some internal, um, like internal medicine specialists who will talk about it, but it's still not. They'll quite. probably give you some pill for anal leakage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, but I have a theory with why I think women might some suffer from it death. a little more, and I, I think it has to do with the hormones. I think men just have higher levels of anabolic hormones. But I do also think that women's bodies are more sensitive to holding on to, uh, you know, uh, maybe a certain amount of body fat simply because they are the ones that t- that have babies. They're the ones that have to have children. So I think their bodies are a little more sensitive towards that. And that might be why, I don't know, I personally have seen it much more with women and men. And in terms of correcting it, 
um, the, the, the formula is the same in terms of correcting it. Although I do get a lot of pushback from women. I think they just freak out. They're really scared about yeah, cutting back those workouts. I don't want to gain 10 pounds by you know next Wednesday. Yeah, it's definitely a generalization, but I, I feel like, you know, the worry factor, it tends to be a little bit higher, you know, on the female end. Like when I have clients and stuff, like so worried, you know, constantly about like so many things. And uh, that, that just anxiety creates like even more stress and, I don't know. It just it, it tends to compound. Well, here's here's how I found success with that with clients that, uh, that I've had to work through metabolic damage. I literally have to stay in touch with them every single day because they're th- that's how freaked out out they are about yeah. stopping their shit. So literally, I will text them every day. How do you feel today? Yeah. How's everything look? Mm-hmm. What, you know. Oh, I went on the scale. I didn't gain any weight. Good. But how do you feel? Um. I think I feel a little bit better. And I have to constantly be in their ear yeah. on a daily basis because it's so ingrained in the brain. You got to reiterate. Oh my God. And I'll, call, and I'll get questions yeah. all day long. Are you sure that the, you know this is the right thing to do? And maybe I shouldn't eat as much fat because I think I might gain body fat. Or maybe I should, and I got to constantly yes. be with them and walk them through. And But eventually it, it all works out. You well, just got to trust just in get, it. like hammered so much harder with marketing, I think, than men. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Like just time. about their body, like just constantly getting hammered so oh, yeah i feel like you know that that, that has to play a factor well you yeah. it's and the the opposite for each sex right so if you look at your covers of magazines and stuff like that it's it's normally like this for females it's this skinny borderline anorexic you know tall model and for men it's like this overly steroided buff dude you know what i'm saying so <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the the body images that are out there for you know what's you know what's the ideal for men and ideal for women are like such polar opposites well, you, and one supports a lot more calories in food correct. than the other one so correct because men are when men are marketed to they're marketed to eat a lot more yeah, eat yeah. a lot more protein Lift weights, but let your body rest and grow. Yeah, no guy really likes to be told, "Oh, you look, you look lean. You look a little smaller." Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. smaller. Yeah, no, I no, hate no, that no. when I'm dieting and then someone will be like, "Did you lose weight?" No, the word is leaner. Yeah, yeah. The word is leaner. <laughs> the word is yeah. yeah. I don't lose yeah, weight. You look shredded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. cut. So, yeah. I, so I, you know, if you have any more questions on this, we'll probably end up doing more episodes because this comes up so much. Well, what about um? Is that is our is our program right now discounted still? Our program is still discounted. You could go to mindpumpradio.com. The programs that we have available with the bundle include the workout programs, include nutrition survival guide, pretty much everything you'll need. But they are. Perfect. If you're in metabolic damage, enroll in the program, start in the pre-phase section of of the MAPS program, do two foundational workouts a week. That's perfect for Mm. people in metabolic damage. Absolutely perfect. It's perfect for everybody, but if you're in metabolic damage, enroll in it and just follow it exactly what it says. And it'll move. It'll move you out. And eat the eat phase one of the nutrition guide for sure. That's yeah, where you're just at. Stick you're with in. your your nutrient rich foods and, and just balancing color out. and yeah, just focus on that exactly. Oh, and uh, don't forget before we sign off here, uh, please uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, it helps us move up in the rankings. Awesome, thanks guys. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.